Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Today I'm talking about a topic that comes up quite a bit when you're healing your relationship to foods. This is something I'm always talking about with clients and there's a lot of variety and different situations, different experiences, different goals when it comes to the topic of meal planning. But I think there's a lot of universal things when it comes to meal planning and It's that it's both a skill and also something that can be greatly impacted by a negative relationship to food. And we'll talk through some of those different scenarios. But if you're listening to this and you're somebody who's maybe, you know, maybe you're in your early 20s and newly on your own, or um, you're a young adult, or maybe you have been meal planning for your family for years, but it's a very difficult thing for you to navigate, you know, wherever you fit in any type of spectrum, I think the way I want to talk about meal planning with you is more to address the different pieces of it and develop some strategies. And I have some tips for you as well. But just to think about, you know, how it could potentially be a tool for you when you're healing your relationship to food, because it can be a barrier. Like I said, it's something that we need to build from a skill standpoint, but also understand why it's become something that's so difficult for us um, for a number of reasons. So Maybe for you, it means that, you know, food has been very stressful for a long period of time. And so obviously the idea of planning out your meals and snacks would not be (laughs) something that you might want to do. Years of following different diet plans. Uh, A lot of people, you know, oh, I was doing great. I was following this plan. I loved how I always had food available when I needed it. But, you know, I hated having (laughs) asparagus microwaved on day five or whatever. So, um, so there's this kind of pro con type of situation or, oh, when I was off of that plan, I was eating whatever and whenever. And that was also stressful. So those can be do two different types of extremes and they both have their pros and cons. And so we could talk about, you know, what, what you would want that to look like for you. Maybe you have been in an eating disorder, suffered from disordered eating or orthorexia, where you're eating some of the same foods over and over. And so getting more variety, engaging in spontaneity, trying to come out of those patterns might make meal planning really difficult for you. Maybe you're like a lot of people I work with where you feel at some point along the way you don't know how to eat or what to eat. And so meal planning is, again, a a really difficult task that feels insurmountable at times. 
And I think the goal is to really think about how can we reduce complexity with with meal planning, um, reduce maybe rigidity, but also kind of striking this balance of structure and flexibility and freedom. The way I think of it as meal planning is put simply the logistics. It's having whatever food you might need available. And so I think that can go along with intuitive eating, healing your relationship to food, because in part of offering ourselves permission to eat or tuning into gentle nutrition or learning about our hunger fullness cues or understanding satiety, it's important for us to have those foods available. And what I always tell my clients is, you know, the worst thing that could happen is that you're taking home multiple snacks or meals that maybe you didn't get to. I'd rather you have more than not enough at some point, since a lot of us are working through trying to figure out what our body needs as well. So you know, I think there, again, are there's going to be a lot of different people listening to this episode and so thinking about different strategies. And what I would expect is talking through a couple of these different ways that you might find some parts of one helpful and another part not helpful or relevant and vice versa. So oftentimes, um, again, I'm going to talk through a couple different strategies that you can adopt to build a skill of meal planning. I'm also going to share some tips. So I have a couple different ways that I talk about this with people. So the first one is often maybe for someone who is lives alone or maybe with one other person or is really taking care of their own food for whatever reason. And this is where I think of it as this kind of mix and match. So maybe you're taking it's learning how to keep enough food around. I think a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't want to have enough that food around or whenever I have food around to eat all of it. And so again, we're trying to offer yourself permission to eat and to give yourself that food and to have it available. So When we think about what that means, that means that you're learning how to build a grocery list. What are the things that you keep in your fridge? What are the things you keep in your freezer? What are the things that keep you keep in your pantry? And based on those, what what is maybe not working for you? Are you not consuming fruits and vegetables because they're never cut up or you're really burned out on them because you always forced yourself to eat them and you need a new way to eat them? Maybe it's having dressings and sauces and dips and things that make foods more exciting for you? Is it that maybe you have a lot of carbohydrate snack foods that are really convenient and easy, but there's certain protein and fat foods that maybe you might need to prep a little bit? An example of that might be that you could easily come home from a long day at work and easily grab some pretzels and maybe having maybe having some type of protein or fat with it, like maybe, let's see, avocado is not ready, or maybe you didn't make any um, of the meat that you thought, or you're not buying enough yogurt or something. I realize <laughs> maybe none of these are necessarily going with pretzels. But if you think through fats and proteins, as well as carbohydrates, it's making sure that you have all of them available to you, um, much like you would maybe if bread didn't come sliced, you would want to have it sliced. So you're able to easily eat it. Um, You know, in the same way, we want to have these foods available to us and, and remain neutral about them. So that could be some things to think about. But you want to think about having all of those getting to know what are those I've had clients who might write out a lot of simple meals and snacks that they're really liking and start to create lists of those not that they have to continue to consume those foods only but to build out what are your staples? What are the things that you like to keep around and, and consume on a regular basis? So 
mix and match option that I use with people is making sure that there's enough balance. If they're, if you're somebody who is historically not allowed to see yourself to eat as many carbohydrates, making sure that you're buying several sources of carbohydrates. So maybe you buy five, five carbohydrate foods, five protein foods, and five fats or sauces or dips. And then, you know, including maybe some frozen meals or things that are convenient. Uh, so maybe rice that can be microwaved in 90 seconds or things that are already cut up or meat that's already cooked, like a chicken sausage or something like that. But thinking about what things and then also including desserts and having those too, or, you know, whatever snacks you deem as more fun or just making sure that there is things that you can easily put together into meals and snacks, but also things that are really enjoyable and exciting to you and that all of those are equally available. So another one that I might use, another strategy, so that's kind of the mix and match. Another strategy that I might use with people is if maybe you live with someone else and you guys plan on cooking two to three meals per week because maybe one of you has a work dinner, another one of you has a sports league and you guys always eat you know, dinner afterwards with your friends or maybe you guys like to order takeout um, a couple nights a week that you know there's leftovers on other nights. So realistically, you may only need to be cooking you know, a couple times a week and to split that. So maybe one of you cooks one meal and another one of you cooks another meal and you're already have two. And I also like to think about this distinction between following a recipe and that being one type of meal planning, and then also just like a throw together meal. So following a recipe might feel a little more complicated. So you want to make sure you have more energy and a little bit more time that night. And then maybe an easier meal might be a boiling some spinach tortellini, adding some jarred pesto sauce and some rotisserie chicken that you had shredded and bag salad with dressing. So that's something that I would consider like a throw together meal where you might not need to do so much with that. So thinking about what are your really easy meals that you can throw together, barbecue, chicken, mac and cheese, frozen broccoli, steamed, what are things that you can just put together? And so then that way you're kind of splitting it and covering all of your meals for the week easily. The other strategy that I might use is more for Households that might have several people or even just kind of wanting to narrow things down and that's, uh, but also have flexibility and variety. So if you're the type of person that likes to have some rotating traditions or some different things that you can look forward to, I always can, can encourage people to think of it like different nights of the week, kind of like Taco Tuesday, but maybe you also have Monday night as Italian night. So that could be pizza, that could be lasagna, that could be pasta. And then you're thinking about what do we, what do we want to have for Italian night this week? Or maybe Tuesdays are always meat and potato night and you're utilizing that. What, what meat and potato do we want to have tonight? Or what's a casserole night or a soup and sandwich night? And you're just establishing these traditions, but there's plenty of variety underneath of that. So maybe it's an ethnic food night. Do you guys want Indian? Do you want uh, to order out Chinese? Do you want to have Thai food? And again, you're just narrowing down that you might want to have a certain type of cuisine or a certain format to it, you know, maybe it's always Friday nights or pizza night. What kind of what kind of pizza do you want to make? But you're just choosing that pillar of what are some of our traditions, what are those more generic pillars, and then finding variety underneath of that, rather than having to start from zero of what do we want to make this week and it feels overwhelming. It can also be nice, um, like I said, for families with children where you want to have some of those repetitive 
meals, but, you know, fun and variety, especially variety doesn't need to always be week to week, but maybe it's season by season. So then maybe in the summer, you guys always grill out one night, or maybe in the winter, you have a lot of soup nights or things like that. So, and you also want to think about snacks too, and making sure to have plenty of those available, how you're laying those out. So I think probably some of the biggest barriers with meal planning is just keeping up with the consistency of it not making it too complicated or just having really busy weeks and getting kind of blown with that um, or just feeling too overwhelmed and not knowing what to pick. I think in terms of the consistency is again, just to evaluate, you know, when are your, what's your energy levels like, you know, what, what kind of nights should be paired with what type of meals and even like snacks for meals can be nice too sometimes. And um, maybe it's making a charcuterie type of board for one night that's really quick or giving yourself permission to just put together several snack foods to satisfy into a meal. But it just, I think it's, again, it's striking that balance of how do you like increase the consistency and make sure there's always food available, but also be forgiving of yourself if you had a busy week or you need to tweak your energy levels or what day you go to the grocery, or maybe you're bored of a lot of things that you need, you have and needing to switch that up or just understanding that sometimes some weeks just don't go as well for whatever reason, but to look at that through a neutral lens and figure out what went wrong instead of just chastising yourself as far as meal planning goes. It's very imperfect and flowy, and it's a process that we just engage in over and over. Some things you might consider to reduce the overwhelm, I would say, is to use what you have on hand So, um, as inspiration. So what I mean by that is, let's say you had some red peppers last week that you were going to use and with some ranch dip that you had or some hummus, and you ended up just eating them with pita chips and you didn't ever cut up the red peppers. Well, this week you can let that inspire you of like, well, I need to go ahead and <laughs> do something with the red peppers. And so you think about, ooh, you know. Maybe making a pizza and adding red peppers on top and some onion or you know how, whatever you want to do or stuffed red peppers or making um, some type of sauce or soup that contains red peppers. Um, or maybe you're doing like a chicken sausage with onion and red pepper sauteed. But using the, that those foods that you have on hand that you feel like you need to use up or you should try soon or just using that as your inspiration and your base to build something else around as a Google search term for a new recipe or a recipe that you've made in the past. Or maybe you're just going to go ahead and cut them up and that was the, the thing that you needed to do and, and use them with the rest of the ranch dip that you have. So just an idea there. The other thing you could do is narrow it down with a cooking method or a cookbook or a blog. So an example of that might be, oh, I love my air fryer right now. It makes it things so easy or it's summer. So let's use the grill or we're really into casseroles right now. So let's use the slow cooker. And just using that is, you know, maybe it's five ingredient or less, um, weeknight dinners, you know, crock pot meals or whatever. But these things just become search terms and ways for you to narrow down all the information that we have available to us. You could also, again, do that with a particular cookbook. Again, you can also consider the time of year soups, um, maybe something you made last year at this time. What about those tacos that we used to make or whatever? And, and just thinking about things you've made in the past that you haven't made in a while that might be really nice to have. And the other thing that I like to recommend to people is to save things in a certain way. So again, you don't need to be perfect about this, but a lot of times when I'm talking to people, they have things saved in the Instagram app. And then they have screenshots of things from TikTok and they have a Pinterest full of a million recipes. So just thinking about like maybe even cleaning things out as needed, but 
thinking about like saving your recipes in a consistent place. So even if like you like to save recipes from Instagram, maybe you take a screenshot and save that to a particular Pinterest board or an iPhone note where you can have links to certain recipes as well as screenshots or whatever you want to do, but just kind of choosing to make a process around that. So they're always there when you want them. And I think the last thing I would want to say about meal planning is just to be honest about things that you really like to eat versus things you think you should eat and to just have an open mind and try new things, but give yourself permission to like really make it delicious and satisfying. An example of this, I was talking to a client the other day and she's like, oh, I just haven't felt like cooking lately. And we were talking about some of the things that she orders when she goes out to eat with her husband and some of the things she makes at home. And there was just such a discrepancy. And some of the reasons she wanted to start eating out less because it was so expensive and, you know, waiting, um, going to the restaurant. So you just had a really genuine desire to make more foods at home, just to spend that time at home, save a little bit of money. And we were talking about, you know, she was getting like things like burger or buffalo chicken wrap or chicken tenders when she was eating out. And some of the things that she would choose to make at home might have been like, you know, salmon or more complicated recipes that were really things that she felt like she quote unquote should eat. And so a simple solution for her was to think about making some more simple things and and making a burger at home and baking French fries and um, giving herself permission to buy a really delicious buffalo sauce and ranch and making sure that she was having things that she liked to eat at home as well. And that really unlocked a lot of things for her. So I hope some of these tips and strategies, something resonates with you. Like I said, I know that super personal, your situation, your schedule, the availability of your time and energy to devote to this task is going to shift throughout your life. And so it's okay if you're in a season where you don't have as much time and energy for it. But I do like to present meal planning as a really like loving act in terms of having food available for us when we want it and when we need it. And just the idea of unconditional permission to eat that it can offer us as well as just the convenience of feeding ourselves before we're getting overly hungry or reacting to food. And none of this is to talk you into eating in certain ways or do certain things. But just again, this idea that meal planning is something that can be hijacked by um, our experience in the past. And when we're trying to really have a new relationship to food and ourselves, I think oftentimes meal planning can fall in line with that. So. I hope this was helpful and I look forward to talking to you next time. As always, please reach out to me if there's anything that I can help you with or if you have any more questions or advice or ideas or suggestions for future topics, you know where to find me at Align Nutrition on Instagram or support at alignnutrition.com. I hope you take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.